People who deny the deity and the teaching of Jesus have really put themselves in a position of judgment of Jesus. They feel they have the right to determine who Jesus is. What they fail to realize is that they're placing themselves under the judgment of God and His Holy Word. This is the terrifying truth Jesus communicated to the high priest, Caiaphas. This lesson is called, The Most Corrupt Trial in Human History. Here's Stephen Davey. I don't know about you, but nothing turns my stomach any more than the exposure of uh, a crooked judge, a judge who condemns an innocent person. Now, I suppose the only thing that bothers me more than that is when the corrupt official also is a, a religious leader. Well, we're about to watch as Jesus is condemned by both crooked judges and corrupt religious leaders. But let me tell you, this particular series of illegal trials represents the hinge of history because the verdict is going to impact the entire world and all of human history to this day. Now, having been questioned by the former high priest Annas, Jesus is now standing before Caiaphas, the current high priest. Caiaphas is joined by uh, members of the Sanhedrin, and they've all made up their minds, frankly. Evidence is not going to matter. They're just looking for some kind of legal justification to, to cover over their unjust, corrupt actions. But in the process, uh, they're actually going to violate six different legal principles that govern the courts of the nation of Israel. Legal principle number one is this. Here it is. Trials were not allowed to be held secretly at night. We're in Matthew chapter 26 now, and verse 57 records for us, Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. Now remember this phrase, scribes and elders, refers to Israel's supreme court. So you need to imagine the members of the Sanhedrin are arriving by torchlight in the middle of the night to the estate of the current high priest. This is going to be an illegal trial. It's held at night, and that's because they don't want the public to be aware of what they're doing. And the truth is they can't wait any longer to condemn Jesus. The second legal principle they violate is this. At least two witnesses must come forward and agree in their testimony. Now, I'm sure you've heard the the humorous story about those high school students who decided to skip school for the morning, and when they finally showed up after lunch, they told the principal, well, they'd, they'd had a flat tire. He immediately separated them, handed each of them a piece of paper, and told them to write down which tire went flat. Well, uh, that's happening here in a sense. The witnesses, they can't get their stories straight. They can't agree on the same tire. Now, now, under normal procedures, the witnesses would, would present their testimony, and then they'd be questioned separately, and that would confirm their accusation. You need to understand that in this legal system, there were no prosecutors in a Hebrew court. The witnesses served as the prosecution, and the Sanhedrin was supposed to serve as the defense. If witnesses gave false testimony— the court would actually make them 
pay the penalty the accused would have received. And let me tell you, that certainly discouraged perjury. But here's how corrupt this trial is. Verse 59 tells us, The chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus, that they might put him to death, but they found none. Can you imagine? They're actively looking for a couple of liars. But these liars, unfortunately, can't get their lies in order until, and probably after some private coaching, verse 60 says, at last, Two witnesses came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. So they're accusing Jesus of planning to destroy the temple. Now, at this point, legal principle number three is going to be violated. And here it is. The accused was never required to respond to a witness. Well, notice here the high priest demands in verse 62, Have you no answer to make? Verse 63 tells us Jesus remained silent. This is, by the way, the silence of innocence. It's the silence of integrity. And on a deeper level, this silence is based on on trust in the sovereign plans of his heavenly Father. Remember, this is the cup that he's already agreed to drink. Now, let me ask you this. What is the greatest insult you've ever experienced in life? Maybe today you're at the mercy of someone in power who's corrupt or or maybe prejudiced against you. Let me encourage you to look at Jesus here. He's right, but he's being wronged. But the record of history will prove he was right and they were wrong. But for now, even though he's being wronged, he's willing to continue trusting his heavenly father. But with that legal principle number four is violated, here it is. The accused was never required to testify against himself. Caiaphas says to Jesus here in verse 63, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Now, what he's doing here is basically placing Jesus under oath and demanding that Jesus incriminate himself. Now, Jesus still has every right to refuse to answer But at this point, he's going to speak, and here's why. Just as Jesus helped those soldiers arrest him out there in the garden, he's going to help the Sanhedrin condemn him. Verse 64, Jesus said to him, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And let me tell you, this is exactly what they'd hoped to hear. Jesus is claiming to be deity, none other than the divine Messiah. And, if, and in case they missed it, Jesus now adds this little prophecy here in verse 64. You will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of, of heaven. This is a picture of the final divine judgment prophesied by Daniel and others. Jesus is claiming here to be that divine judge. He's effectively saying, you're judging me now, but I'm going to judge you one day. You want to condemn me today, but if you don't believe in me as the Messiah, well, you're going to be condemned one day out there in the future. You see, Jesus isn't on trial here. These men are. Now, here's the fifth legal principle that is violated by the Sanhedrin. Here it is. A death sentence was passed 
only after a day of fasting by the members of the court. The Jewish records reveal that none of the 71 members of the Sanhedrin were to eat or drink anything for one entire day before issuing a death penalty. They were to spend that day considering the gravity of of such a verdict. But this verdict is, is going to be brought here immediately. Caiaphas calls for an immediate vote. Here it is in verse 65. Then the high priest said, what is your judgment? And they answered, he deserves death. So there's no day of fasting called for here. There's just this immediate vote taken, and it's unanimous for Christ's death. And with that, the Supreme Court of Israel actually violates another legal principle. Here it is. A unanimous vote for the death penalty allowed the accused to immediately go free. That's different from our Western world, where a unanimous vote is required for the death penalty. But here in ancient Israel, they believed that a unanimous vote implied something was wrong. There was a, a lack of critical thinking. There was a prejudiced jury or, or maybe a lack of mercy. So a unanimous vote among these uh, members of the council would immediately allow the prisoner to go free. But instead of releasing Jesus, uh, the Sanhedrin actually now uh, physically attacks him. Just imagine, beloved, this scene here in verse 67. Then they spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? Can you imagine the Supreme Court delivering a guilty verdict? and a death sentence today, and then descending from their bench to come around and spit in the face of the defendant and slap him around. Let me tell you, this is a horrifying and cruel, it's a wicked, this is the very height of corruption. Here's the Supreme Court of Israel turning into a vicious mob, spitting, hitting, cursing, and mocking Jesus. He took it all, didn't he? He took it all on your behalf and mine. This innocent, gracious, loving Lord Jesus was tried before Israel's high court so that you will never have to be tried before the court of heaven. Jesus was condemned to die on earth so that you can live forever with him in heaven. So let me ask you today this question. Are you rejecting him like they did? Or will you worship him, this pure, righteous, merciful Messiah, the Son of God? Well, until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey, and this teaching series is called The Wisdom Journey. Stephen called this lesson the most corrupt trial in human history. Stephen is teaching through the Bible, Genesis through Revelation, with a new lesson each weekday. The Wisdom Journey is produced by Wisdom International. 
One of the best ways you can learn more about our ministry is to accept Stephen's offer of a few free issues of our monthly magazine. Stephen deals with a new topic each month and helps you better understand what the Bible says and how it applies directly to your life. For example, some past topics have included such things as, Is Hell Real? How the Universe Came Into Existence How to Effectively and Courageously Share Your Faith How to Have a More Vibrant Prayer Life A Biblical Look at Why There's Evil in the World We also include updates about what's happening in our ministry and share information about new resources we have available. Visit wisdomonline.org forward slash magazine. If you prefer, you can call us at 866-48-BIBLE. Sign up today, then join us back here next time on The Wisdom Journey.